What's up, people of the internet? Uh, this is a, another rousing episode, and perhaps a rousing episode of the internet's foremost podcast uh, of all genres. We're the we're the foremost sports podcast, the foremost true crime podcast, the foremost Joe Rogan podcast, which is podcast both for or by Joe Rogan. And of course, the famous. Joe Rogan clothing band uh, brand uh, FJR <laughs> BJR Bajer Bajer. Oh, he should do that. What he Joe should Rogan do? What? <laughs> you know the clothing brand Fubu? Yes. And it stood for Forest Bias. Or that's what they, they said. It may have been a, not a real thing, like what people would say. Like Kiss stood for like Knights and Saints. It did stay, no, it stands for Keep It Simple, Stupid. Uh, fair enough. What I was saying is that Joe Rogan should start his own clothing brand, Fajur Okay, well, according to Wikipedia, FUBU does stand for For Us, By Us. I don't think that that is a, uh, some sort of, like, uh, put upon, put upon by the consumer. Um, it is an acronym, at least according to Wikipedia. Uh... Yeah. It was created when the founders were brainstorming for a, for a catchy four letter word, following other big brands such as Nike and Coke. Hmm. Yeah, the, that, you also do you remember the, uh, the 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 company uh, the clothing company French Connection UK who their sh- their shirts all said FC UK. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, me too. People would wear that when I we were in junior high school, and I think probably also in high school. Oh wow, they have uh, founded in 1972. A revenue of two, as of 2014 was 189.4 million Great British pounds. Uh, apparently, uh, I'm reading the FUBU Wikipedia article, which is actually kind of short. It's a short entry, mm. which I, w- I would have expected there to be more about it because it's such an iconic brand. Um but in 1999, LL Cool J did a commercial for Gap in which he wore a FUBU hat and incorporated the phrase for a spy us into his rap lyrics. It created some controversy, but it was a tremendous boost for FUBU during a lot of interest in Gap as well. The people shooting the Gap commercial had no idea who was referring to what he was referring to until after the commercial aired. So they like were shooting this commercial, saw that he was wearing like a hat with like a logo on it and didn't yeah. weren't curious what that meant. At all, like it's that's so crazy, yeah. and it's like, also it's like not like some like rinky dink little production. It's like the yeah. Gap, who's like who like basically were a commercial company in the in the nineties. Yeah, it's not like a. I mean, in the nothing but a G thing video, like there is like brands blurred out. You see that well, sometimes. I mean, in other I, I feel like in every MTV documentary of the in the early 2000s and 90s <laughs> they would bring up the no promos policy on mtv like constantly yeah. and as a child i had no idea what that meant and i just assumed that there was just yeah. porno on everyone's shirts yeah <laughs> if only yeah everyone was just uh, wearing like, pornographic uh, shirts <laughs> like uh the car uh artwork that um Tom yeah, well, that, that was just, that was actually car. just like a big like chevrolet logo that they popped on there yeah it wasn't uh, like a. Did, did he do something like that with their house too? I don't remember. I, I was a big fan of Tom Green. Green. At I the remember. Time. I definitely uh, remember the the car, which was very funny. It, yeah, it was. <laughs> but yeah, he was just messing with his parents, and then like he painted the car like with the 
graphic sexual sort of like a yeah. I feel like he did that to the house too, though. Like, or he definitely did some house painting. Maybe he just painted the house in a crazy way. What if he just painted the house? Yeah, yeah, that would be a real twist. One time I looked up Glenn Humplick on Twitter. He was on there. I don't know if he's still on there, if, he, if he's still tweeting. But yeah, Glenn Humplick, you know, the uh, Tom Green's sidekick in the days. I'm going to look it up right now, uh, see if uh, Glenn Humplick is still. But I could not find Phil Drew. It does was... It does say that he put a cow's head in his parents' bed while they slept, which is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems about right. And the thing is now, I bet both his parents are uh, maybe dead by this point. Oh, that's sad. Or, 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 they're, or they're like older at the very I'm least. trying to remember what his parents looked like, and I can only remember Bam Margera's parents. <laughs> <laughs> um, his dad had like a mustache. Okay. I'm looking it up. Yeah. All right. Mary and Richard Green. And his mom. Looked I'm like looking a... at a picture of Tom Green, his mother, and Neil Hamburger. <laughs> Wait, no, that's that's not. Uh, oh, man, the picture's gone. I want to see this picture of them with Neil Hamburger. It's Thor Birch, not his mother. <laughs> it was a small picture. This is a truly. Uh, this is is like a Mount Rushmore style photograph of Tom Green, Thor Birch, and Neil Hamburger. Mm-hmm. So Glenn Humplick is either this is either like a a, a, a fraudulent account or it's real. Uh, let's see. Joined July two thousand seven. He's got four hundred. He's following four hundred forty one people. And is only followed by three thousand three hundred ninety seven people. And uh, his uh, most recent tweet, as of right now, today, today as we record this, it being Boxing Day, is uh, shopping at the mall on Boxing Day is a modern form of torture. It has two likes. And that is what uh, Glenn Humplick, the former sidekick of, uh, uh, and then uh, there's another photo he posted of a uh, from from the uh, retweeted uh, from a sort of thing that's of uh, this small child and two sort of like showgirl ladies in Las Vegas, uh, and the showgirl ladies have like uh, pasties over their breasts. And they're taking a photo with a small child. And that's what's happening. Christmas music is... Okay, let's see. Uh, I'm looking uh, at this... Uh, uh, the Tom Green Show uh, Wikipedia. And at the bottom, it has that rumored Hitler segment, which I do remember hearing about <laughs> when I was a kid, that he allegedly like walked into a synagogue dressed for a bar mitzvah dressed as Hitler. Um, and he comments on it in his, uh, in his autobiography, saying that he would never do such a thing. No, he would uh, hump various dead animals. But <laughs> yeah, he's done te- other abhorrent things. Yeah, he's yeah, and he, he'd still like you know make people's lives miserable. And then here's the thing about Tom Green that uh, when I sort of turned on Tom Green, you remember when he had that talk show on MTV, like the Tom Green talk show or whatever? Yeah, the new Tom Green show. Yeah, well, this dude came on who had like a guitar slash chainsaw. That was the shtick is that he was like a he had a guitar. There's also like a chainsaw, and he came out. And he chainsawed into, like, uh, Tom Green's desk, but he had not, like, gotten clearance beforehand. And Tom Green spent the rest of the segment so mad. He was oh, so remember, pissed I, off. I remember this. Okay. I, think at least, I, was like, I was like, dude, you made your entire livelihood doing shit like that to people and, like, pranking people and being a dick to people. And now some guy comes out and does it to you and you're going to, like, pout and, like, be super, like, you know, like passive aggressive and like be a jerk, this guy. And that's when I was out on Tom Green because he was not cool. He was hypocritical towards the guitar chainsaw man. 
I can't wait to watch this clip after this <laughs> podcast. In fact, I'm kind of bummed we have to record the rest of this podcast because I can't watch this yeah. clip. Um, I definitely want to watch that, but I do. I also very much remember um, that happening, and I also was also surprised that he took it so personally. Yeah, it's like it's like it wasn't like his desk. I, I also even if it was like you know. What did he bring the desk from home? It was on MTV. I mean, maybe yeah. he did bring it from home, but like even so, yeah, they have even, the, they have the budget for a new desk. Yeah. Even so, the uh, sequel song to Pearl Jam's Even Flow. Yeah, uh, even <laughs> so, they have the money for a new desk. Don't call me Tom Green. <laughs> I just think, Don't uh, call me Tom Green. Yeah, as opposed to daughter. And then uh, uh, Glenn Humplick spoke. This is the from our... Jesus Christ. <laughs> that our, one is our, bad. Our, <laughs> The Tom so Green instead of Lynch. instead of the song Jeremy, there's just a song called Glenn Humplick. Yeah, it's about how he spoke on set today at seven class. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when um, uh, they uh, accidentally doxed uh, uh, Glenn and posted like his like phone number <laughs> on, uh, in front of like Times Square, and then like two decades later, Donald Trump did that to Lindsey Graham. Uh, <laughs> Tom Green and Donald Trump are you know. Peas in the pod in many ways. There was a show on, uh, it was like a, a, it was called Thank God You're Here. It was like an improv like show. It was like a weird, it was like, so it was like, I think it was an ABC. It was that the one, it was that the one that had like moving sets and stuff. Yeah, it was like an improv show. Like they would come into the set. They didn't know what the scene was going to be or what the set was going to be until they got but on the, there. But like the set could also like move. Like I remember like, it was with like, um, what's his face? Um, Jason Alexander. Steve, Steve Carell. Hmm. Well, Steve, I mean, I think Steve Crow was too big for this show even at the time. I think he was a producer. Oh, oh yeah, okay, then yeah. And no, I think he was on it too. Oh, well, if it's I'm, a looking at, I'm looking it up, looking it up. But looking anyways, it up, looking, um, it up, looking it up. Tom Green was on an episode Chelsea Handler, George Takei, and um, somebody else. I just remember that because, like, uh, oh, Shannon Elizabeth. Uh, yeah, hosted by David Allen Greer, Judge Dave Foley. A repertory company. Oh, Chris Tomlin was on that. I remembered it mostly because uh, Mayor. Is this the show you're talking Thank about? Thank God you're here. Uh, yeah. Is that what it's yeah. called? Because uh, Mary Beth Monroe, who uh, got her start, and uh, at the oh no, it was produced by David Allen Greer. I don't see anything about. This is a this is a different show than what I was oh, yeah. thinking of. I'm thinking of uh, one where. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, there we. This is like a con. This is like a contest. Sort of. Yeah. Oh wow. The one that was the. Well, Angela Kinsey was on uh, at the fifth episode, along with Tom Arnold, Fran Drescher, and Fred Willard. Uh, mm. uh, and then let's see. Uh, the, so anyways, what I was say is that, yeah, there's an episode where the guests were Chelsea Handler, George Takei, or the contestants, uh, Shin, oh my. Shannon Elizabeth, and Tom Green. And uh, I just remember, because like, Tom Green and his like thing, he was just like climbing over like the set and like climbing over all the... like. Uh, you know, like, he's just, like, knocking shit over and, like, not, like, doing any, like, scene work or doing any acting, whatever. He's just climbing around the set and, like, you know, and, and he's in the scene with Mary Beth Monroe, uh, who is, uh, uh, been on The Good Place and stuff. She's a, a talented improviser who got her start at the Second City of Detroit, which is why I am familiar with her. But, um, he didn't, like, do any scene work until, uh, the time came where she was, like, in the scene, like, trying to be, like, you know, like, seducing him because he's, like, a plumber there, like, fix the house. And then he's, you know started like paying attention to ask the question how far can we take this 
But then, anyways, uh, in the very final game, which was like when Dave Foley would have a cameo, and like all four of them were in it. That was just Tom Green climbing around on all the shit again and breaking shit. Uh, Shannon, Shannon lived the best, like, uh, basically, like, made out with Dave Foley a couple times instead of, like, doing any jokes. And then, uh, George Takei then made out with Dave Foley instead of doing any jokes. And, and I distinctly remember this because uh, I remember Chelsea Handler sitting there during that scene looking so unhappy and so sad, being like, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm like came to be on this like improv like comedy show, and I'm sitting here while Shannon Elizabeth and George Takei, not comedians, are making out with Dave Foley instead of doing like comedy. And Tom Green's climbing on shit and breaking shit and being like a jackass. And that was uh how that was how it went. That was their whole thing. It was uh okay. Yeah, I think the show that I'm thinking of is called Riot. Uh. And it was a show in which improvisers would improvise on a movable set. So, like, if they were in a uh, kitchen, the kitchen would shift uh, back and forth and up insanity. and down. Yeah, it was uh, real. It was like a slide that they were on. So, like, there was just like this. Like, it was like a regular uh, improv show with like a full set, except. Uh, yeah, when it when the sh- scene got started, it would move. The script would move. The the stage would move. Uh, but uh, the regular cast, uh, the only person I know in here is Jessica McKenna. Yeah, from Comedy yeah, Bang yeah. Bang and a lot of stuff like that. Um, but Steve Carell was in fact a producer on it. First guest, Jason Alexander. Wow, Jason Alexander was also on. And Tom Tom Green was also on it. Jason Alexander was also on Thank God You're Here and uh, the third. I think he may have been on two episodes, maybe not. No, I don't think he was on two episodes. So let's see. From in the fir- oh no, Wayne Knight was on the first episode and the last episode. The first episode was a real like sort of like a um, powerhouse lineup because it was Wayne Knight, Brian Cranston, Joel McHale, and Jennifer Coolidge. This is like one of those. Um television franchises that is like they make different versions of it through, of, all over the world and the one from France mm. has been on since 2011 and the presenter's name is just Arthur <laughs> just like uh is it the aardvark yes it is the Great. I, I never really watched that show Arthur Arthur is a character is a TV presenter producer comedian whose real name is Jacques Espag <laughs> A real aspect. Wait a second. You yeah. didn't recognize the names of these other members of the Riot cast. You don't recognize the name of John Ross Bowie or his wife, Jamie Denbo, or Jordan Black, who's another name I remember. I think no, you've, you've, should you've, I? I'm sure you've seen John Ross Bowie and stuff. Oh, Jordan Black. I, yeah. Jordan Black, I know. I think you've probably seen um, John Ross Bowie and stuff and maybe even Jamie Denbo. Uh, uh, yeah, probably. I mean, it's a good chance that if I saw him, I would yeah. recognize them. Uh, and 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 maybe even at one point in my life, pointed at them on the TV screen and say, "Who is that guy? <laughs> what have I known I, him from?" And I say, uh, f- for John Wash Bowie, maybe you recognize him from playing Rory in *The Santa Claus 3: The Escape Clause*. Or uh... I would not re- remember him from that because I've never seen that film. Although I am almost positive that is that the one when Martin Short plays Jack Frost. Yeah. Horrifying. Indeed. Such a horrifying costume. Yep, yep. 
Uh, but no, he's been John Ross probably has been all sorts of uh, stuff. Like you know, he's like a regular working sort of TV actor sort of guy. Uh, he was on the main cast of that show, Speechless, with Minnie Driver. Mm. You're familiar with the show? Uh, and then he had a recurring role for many years on The Big Bang Theory, which of course is a show that, as you know, comedy people we of course love because it's a very you know popular show amongst you know comedy connoisseurs. The Big Bang Theory. I know we talk about this a lot, um, but the Razzies. Yeah. Okay. You know what movie was not nominated for a Razzie uh, last year? Last year, oh boy. Uh, well, I think Cats, or we're talking about this year or no? Last La- no, no, no. Last year's Razzies, and I think this film would have been eligible for last year's Razzies. Hmm. Uh, Cats should not be nominated for a Razzie. It should only be nominated uh, in all categories for the Academy Awards. Um, but the, the film that is not listed as a Razzie contestant is Welcome to Marwin, Ooh, which yeah. is insane. Speaking of Steve like, Carell. this is such a ra- This has such Razzie written all over it. It's a huge bomb. It has huge stars and a huge director, and it is such a misguided piece of crap. <laughs> And it was such a, I maybe it wasn't enough of a punchline, but it should have yeah, been. Yeah, because it's like got all the the weird sort of like um uh, like figurines like and like moving around or what have you. Maybe they just felt yeah. like because the it's an awful yeah movie. maybe they felt like the real life story was too like serious and they didn't want to like make fun because like yeah yeah I forgot that they're known for their tact for their <laughs> yeah I, I know like uh when like the, it was like the Flophouse podcast the podcast I listened to they did an episode dedi- uh, about Welcome to Marwin. And they just decided to walk on eggshells for the entirety of, like, the entire thing. Yeah, but, but like, uh, I think that the the Flophouse has more of a um, concern for their listenership and concern for, like, their own reputation. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, the, the, the Razzies, which is, like, kind of a faceless organization that is kind of built upon bad taste. Yeah. So I don't think that they really give a crap. Specifically the movie um, Bad Taste by Peter Jackson. Was that nominated? It shouldn't no, have been. No, my guess is they had, they never even heard of such a thing. You know what? They were too. They were kind of swamped in making fun of Holmes and Watson uh, last year. Well, that's fair. Uh, Happy Time Murders. That's fair too. Uh, Winchester, which seems like who yeah. cares. Robin Hood, who cares? Mm-hmm. Robin Hood. Leonardo DiCaprio produced produced that new Robin Hood? Oh, wow. Well, you gotta, you know, he's probably got, like, a production company, and so, like, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll put a Robin Hood out there. Uh, and then, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look at it yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, he's too busy making, uh, Hollywood, Once Upon a Time, in. Yeah, he's too busy making Hollywood, dot, 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 Once Upon a Time, in. Uh, oh, apparently, uh, anyways, uh, John West Valley was in an episode of Melissa and Joey, the Melissa Joe Hart and Joey Lawrence sitcom. But speaking of Melissa Joe Hart, I saw a part of like a, uh, how long was this show? Oh, 2010, 2015. Of an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch semi-recently, and I didn't remember what a bad show that was, <laughs> which, I mean, it makes sense, because uh, I was, I was occupied for a while and preoccupied uh, with gifts of uh, Salem the cat because like it was such like a ridiculous puppet like the worst like fakest like fake ass like puppet of a cat in the world and there's so many great gifs of mm-hmm. that cat like doing like you know nonsense things like uh, dressed in like a like a pimp costume and saying money baby and like and, I mean that's that's a whole lot of fun. shit and what have you but like 
I think the episodes I must have been seeing have been were like later period episodes because uh, she had like a job because the show started. She was like in high school or something, I believe. But uh, I'm gonna look yeah. here in the like. Uh, let's see here. The final season. Uh, at this point, a bunch of people were in all the show. Sabrina gets a job as a writer in a, for an entertainment magazine. Okay, so I was seeing an episode from the final season. Okay. Uh, when she, you forgot, you forgot she uh, got a job for entertainment. No, she Weekly. got a job for the entertainment magazine Scorch. But this, yeah, and oh, and it was dropped midway through the season, so they apparently gave up on that pretty much. So like, I, I I'll be honest, wow. I saw like parts of like three episodes, and they all involved Scorch. And I was like, oh, I guess the show mm-hmm. like became like a thing, like where like a workplace comedy where she's doing stuff. Like she got became like an adult. Maybe she was like older than I remember, like or and everything. But yeah, apparently also there's this, during the season four different major characters were written out of the show. Like so I was like I didn't see any like of a Caroline Ray or whatever either. So I was like weirded out. I was like, what's going on? There's a dude who looked like Sinbad but wasn't Sinbad. It was just all like really weird. But I guess that explains what happened. Yeah, she was like a guest in season yeah. Both okay, so both of her aunts, like those characters were not involved in that final season. Uh, really at all and then uh neither was and then oh Solil Moon Fry was on the show apparently and uh yeah Punky Brewster that's oh, Punky yeah. Brewster right she played Sabrina's mortal roommate during her college years and remains a very close friend to her after their graduation uh yeah that's and nice. an activist with a very cynical with a very cynical humor not a sense of humor just a very cynical humor her opinions, her opinion mm. often clashes with Sabrina's more preppy attitude towards life. Later, both seem to have an effect on each other as Roxy grows to be much more honest and compassionate while Sabrina matures and becomes more socially conscious. That's <laughs> how things go. Well, wow, the, the, uh, oh, actually. That's how things the, uh, go. first four seasons were on ABC and then it moved to the WB for the last three seasons, when the ratings went in the tank. Like, its last hmm. season on ABC, it got a 10.2. And its first season on WB, it got a 3.8. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good for yeah. them. Uh, indeed, uh, I guess. Good for them. Oh, oh wow, they made several <laughs> video games. Um, Sabrina oh, yeah. video games? Um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch Spellbrown, and there's one called Bundle Magic, one called Brat Attack, one called A Twitch in Time, one called Potion. Com- these games sound. These games same. These sound great. These one sound really good. Potion Commotion, and then the last one uh, is called. Oh, uh, just because like a triple pack, so I provided a, a few of them. Now those first three games were all computer games, and then the Twitch in Time was PlayStation, and then Potion Commotion is Game Boy Advance. Now, none of them have their own Wikipedia pages, unfortunately, so I... You have to make them. I guess. I'll have to learn about the games first. I guess I... Yeah, well, that sounds like a you problem. Yeah, just like um, in the alphabet, if you're missing the f- last vowel, that's a you problem. <laughs> that's a very true, Chris. Thank you. Very oh, by the way, true. this is Chris and Matt's game Wikipedia. <laughs> Oh, is it? Did nope, we not, we not do say that? that at all. We just got right into the conversation. This is Chris Baskin, Wikipedia. 
Oh, Sabrina. Okay, I'm going to the fandom page for Sabrina the Teenage Witch video games so I can learn a little more. All right, I'll look at I'll look at the Sabrina Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm on the page for the this. video game now. Ah, oh, some of these games, the cast members did voice acting. Uh, come on. Uh, I don't know. Which ones? It doesn't say. It just said, oh, so uh, the triple pack bundle of magic. Where's let's see here? Come on. Uh, at, it's a hybrid PC. Spellbound. Uh, Brad, I'm going to click on Brad Attack. Trying to get more information on Brad. Oh, nope. This page doesn't have any more information either. That's just like a photo. An, an action adventure in the other realm featuring the voice of Melissa Joan Hart from the hit TV series. Suitable for all ages. That's, let's see. So there's no f more further information uh, here other than actually having photos of the games. Oh, What's hang on a second here? I'm clicking a thing. I feel like these ratings that that they mm -hmm. were getting in their final seasons uh, on the WB are ratings mm -hmm. that like any well, studio, kill for any now, yeah. would like kill for right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh three million. Oh, that's uh, perfect. So there's a two thousand print ad for a Twitch in time. Uh, wow, the the numbers really dropped when they yeah. Went from well, the ABC WB was WB. probably on its way out by that point. Uh, I imagine. Yeah, well, what did they change over to the C-dubs? 2006, okay. 2006, so like almost like three years later. Yeah, so I guess like they, I mean, it was five years in, but that was like right after like the big, wasn't this not far off from like their big era from the, like, you know, your uh, Dawson's Creek? Am I crazy? I never isn't really that, watched anything around on the, time? the WB. Felicity, see. Charmed. Well, let's see. It shows from the... Uh... Smallville. Yeah, those were all... Seventh Heaven was around then. I'm surprised. Maybe people were, like, really in Seventh Heaven and they thought Sabrina was, yeah, like, a little too satanic. Yeah, they got satanic panic going on. Yeah, I don't think I ever watched any... Mm -hmm. I didn't watch any of these WB shows. Not even Cleghorn, the Ellen Cleghorn sitcom. No, I can't believe I you never watched Cleghorn. I, I never... I, you know... Well, let's see here. I never watched Beauty and the Geek. Uh, I didn't even watch. I've I didn't even watch Gross Point, which is a show set in Gross Point, which is in uh, Metro Detroit. Is it based on? Gross is it Point based Blank? on the movie? No, but set in the same city, Blank? which is uh, in uh, Metro. It's a. Uh, it's like a suburb where like uh, rich people live. The opening theme was the. Peppermint Disco Mix of the song Sex Bomb by Tom Jones and Moose T. Uh, oh, wait, this was a satire depicting the behind-the-scenes drama on the set of a television show. Oh, so the series takes place in Los Angeles on the set of a fictional WB nighttime soap also called Gross Point. And several characters are based on real-life actors. The fictitious Gross Point is set in the wealthy Michigan suburb. Okay, so, like, it's not actually... It's a show about like a show so it's like a show about making a show called gross point starring william ragsdale hmm. and uh as a parody of the guy who created the show i see uh so that's interesting i guess i never oh wow and one episode well two episodes were directed by peyton reed and two episodes were directed by jake kasdan and that's about it Uh, I somehow ended up on the uh, page for The Ranch, probably because we went from yeah. uh, Beauty and the Geek because of Ashton Kutcher. 
was uh, oh no. I, now I'm on the Danny Masterson. So on top of it being like a total total fucking monster. Did you know that on um on his bio it's listed as an oh, yeah. American actor I and believe, disc jockey? Uh his disc jockey name, I believe this to be true. Maybe I'm wrong. It's definitely somebody's. I believe it was slash is DJ Donkey Punch. <laughs> I think it's, it's him, but it could disgusting. be somebody else. But we can just say it's him uh, yeah. because he's like a shitty guy. And like, so who cares? Who cares if we're wrong? Yeah, he's awful. Yeah. No, anyway, I have not. Ranch. Have you ever seen The Ranch? The Ranch. I, um, I watched about five minutes of an episode once and it was towards the climax of the episode and um ashton and danny were getting in a fight and he the fight gets broken up by sam elliott who i think they're like all like concerned that there's like a drought on the farm and there's like an argument about whether or not the drought is caused by climate change (laughs) and at the end of the episode after after they break up the fight it starts raining, and Sam Elliott looks at the skies and screams, <laughs> "Screw you, Al Gore!" <laughs> and I found it—I fa- found it to be so confusing. What are they talking? That is the ranch. Anyway, that's the ranch. I think actually, I don't think it's still on. Uh, yeah. Mm, yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, part eight, January twenty fourth, twenty twenty. Yeah, it's like just about to end, which is. No, it is. Oh, I don't know if that's actually the end of it. I is heard they're the ending the show. What makes yeah. you say that? Oh, the second part of a final season. I thought that this was a what's-his-face, but I guess it's not. Uh, Chuck Lorre? What's that guy that does Two and a Half Men? Yeah, I thought it was a Chuck ah, Lorre, yes. but he does the Kaminsky method. <laughs> well, it's won so many Golden funniest Globes, show on so television. Like Arkin and... <laughs> it, but well, it's I mean, so funny. Man, Ashton Kutcher, like, his career, like, you know, he starts off with a... Solid sitcom in that '70s show, like that's like you know it holds up decently well. It's not a bad show by any means, and then he ends up as a fill-in on Two and a Half Men, a bad show that by the end was like him and like Amber Tamblyn hanging out or whatever. And then he's then he makes the. <laughs> I like that. I like that last episode of Two and a Half Men when they drop when they drop a piano on on Charlie Sheen's character, and then <laughs> and out of the winning, piano comes Chuck Lorre. <laughs> yeah, and then another piano falls on him, which is so fucking. What like, are the craziest things I've ever way. seen? That's like uh, he didn't have to like care about. Well, and obviously he didn't because he had so much money from that, and he like he's got a piece of the Big Bang Theory and so many other shows. Yeah, he, he... doesn't. Yeah, the piece of Roseanne. I think he may have it? a, a piece of Roseanne. Yeah, that dude. I'm gonna well look Chuck Lorre up really quickly, and then that will bring this episode to a close. Um. Looking it up. Yep, Roseanne, Grace Under Fire, Sybil, Dharma and Greg, Two and a Half Men, Big Bang Theory, Mike and Molly, Mom, Disjointed, Young Sheldon, uh, Kaminsky Method, Eth- Kaminsky Method, Bob Hart's yeah, Abazola, which, oh, I know what that show is. Um, weird. I remember, like, looking at the poster for that and trying to figure out what it was a poster for for yeah, at least like 20 minutes. Guy. I was so confused by it. Um, uh yeah, uh, I just, he's like uh, a guy that's like in love with the, his coworker or something, African or their friends. Nurse who is like yeah, who like 
Nurse. Okay, yeah. All right. So I'm looking at the. Is it American sitcom of Chuck Lorre? Blah 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 blah. It doesn't say. Okay. Bob runs his successful, highly competitive sock company with his mother Dottie, sister Christina, and younger brother Douglas. When the stress of the job lands him in the Woodward Memorial Hospital, he's immediately drawn to Abijola, his kind, hardworking nurse. Now all Bob needs to do is convince her to give him a chance. Ugh. No, no. Like it's more like a. Leave like that a, nurse alone. Like a, supposed to be like a very like sweetheart. Like he's like a nice like uh, sort of like a. Like, oh, they have, like, a very sweet sort of, like, getting to know each other. Like, I've, oh, I see ads for it when I'm watching football on CBS, which is where I piece this together from. It seems like it's, like, a sort of, like, very gentle, like, kind light show about, like, oh, a couple of, like, you know, uh, unlikely people learning to, like, fall for each other or, like, you know, what have you. Uh, doesn't say doesn't say anything in the oh, Wikipedia well, the, entry the, of um, her being interested in. At least the ads yeah. make it seem like that's the case, but like I could be wrong. <laughs> I'll give I'll give Chuck Lorre the benefit of the doubt to make know, a sensitive show uh, about the as subject. As long as in the very last episode he drops a piano on Abishola and then says, "Winning." Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> yeah. Now they're talking about dropping pianos on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's drop, yeah, let's drop the piano on this episode, this episode. of Chris and Matt Skim Wikipedia. Thank you, Gabber Media, and thank you for the lack of uh, technical difficulties this time. We've had them. Look. I'm thanking technology for yourself? doing us a solid. Uh, and speaking of me, uh, mm. you can uh, go to, I guess, go to at it's Bazooka Joe, uh, my uh, unofficial official Bazooka Joe Twitter. Uh, account that I've done nothing with for like the last month, and by the time you hear this, probably won't be doing anymore. But go to it anyways, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, do that, and like you know, I don't know, yeah, go go go, yeah, yeah, that's what I'll 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 say. Also, cool. podcast rate, subscribe, blah blah blah, and etc. Uh, cool. You can find me at mshowquits on Twitter and uh, uh, looking uh, and waiting patiently for right. Chris to update the Bazooka Bye. Jump Twitter account. Nah. I'll do just that. <laughs> You're just going just gonna to update yeah, it yeah, with yeah, it saying, yeah, yeah. like, uh, got or me like, gum. Uh, just sometimes I'll just go on there and I'll tweet in all caps, buy Bazooka Joe gum, just to like, have something like on there. But, anywho, this has been Chris and Matt Skim Wikipedia. And as we always say to end every episode, as a tip of the hat to Home Improvement, and specifically one joke from one episode of Home Improvement, Naked Sex Dive.